Wouldn't it be amazing if you could find American Songwriter Magazine's top five podcast for the week every Sunday? Well, fortunately, you can. And if you want the top five podcast episodes from American Songwriters Network delivered to your inbox every Sunday, then subscribe to the Suncast newsletter by visiting americansongwriter.com slash suncast. That's americansongwriter.com slash suncast. Hey, everybody. Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. Join us on a deep dive into the heart of what makes writing songs and making music so magical. Let's find out what makes songwriters tick, and along the way, remember why we love music. Welcome to Pitch List. Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and welcome to part two of our music business series. Our guest today is Chris Arend of the new MLC, that's Mechanical Licensing Collective. This nonprofit is paying out mechanical streaming royalties to songwriters and publishers that have gone unmatched, that's unpaid, for years. He'll show us how to sign up for the MLC, hint, it's super easy and free, why transparency is a key feature of their organization, and most importantly, all the ways you should be getting paid for the music you create. And stay tuned for our final part of this series coming soon. Here's Chris Arend from the MLC. Good afternoon. Chris Lindsay here with Pitchlist. We've got a uh, another part of our continuing series about uh, music business stuff. We interview a lot of songwriters, but every now and then we get an email or two about music business stuff. And uh, Dana and I were talking a couple months ago and thought, man, this would be really good. So today we've got a great guest. This is Chris Aaron. He is for the uh, CEO of MLC, which is the Mechanical Licensing Collective. Did I get all, all that right, Chris? You did. All right. Fantastic. Well, um, you know what? This is going to be a good episode, man, because I've done this a long time and I was going over the notes. I mean, I actually have a lot of questions because I don't understand all this either. So I guess my first question is, what do you guys do? Tell us that <laughs> first. So uh, we we administer a set of rights and distribute a set of royalties that are earned by songwriters or the publishers and administrators with whom they work. So very simply, we are an organization that pays out money to songwriters and publishers. Um, the right that we administer is the, the mechanical right or mechanical license. And uh, we do that via a new blanket license that Congress created here in the US a couple of years ago when they passed the Music Modernization Act. And that blanket license now allows digital audio services like Spotify, Apple Musics, uh, Amazon, services like that, use any song that exists in the world, provided they give the MLC a certain set of data and pay all the royalties that are due as set by statute um, so that we can then distribute those out to the right people. So if you're a songwriter, you should be connected to us either directly or through your publisher or administrator, or if you work with a society, 
Um, but you need to make sure that you have that connection one way or the other so that you're getting this important revenue stream. Okay, that's great. Now, say I'm an ASCAP writer. I've signed with ASCAP. Mm -hmm. Do they automatically hook up with you or do I need to do something else? Uh, they don't. So ASCAP, as you know, is uh, one of the major performing rights organizations in the United States. <clears throat> one of the confusing but ultimately good things about the music space is there are actually multiple ways that you can get paid for doing the same thing. So as a songwriter, you are often entitled to receive a performance royalty and a mechanical royalty for the same song when it's used the same way. The best example of that is on a streaming service. So if you write a song that is streamed on Spotify, um, you are entitled to receive both performance royalties and mechanicals for that stream. ASCAP is one of the organizations that administers performing royalties. So they collect and then distribute those performing royalties to songwriters and publishers. BMI is another, CSAC is a third, and GMR, Global Management, Global Rights Management, that's the fourth, a major one in the US. So the bottom line is you need to be connected with one of those four PROs to get your performance royalties, and you need to have a connection with the MLC, either directly or indirectly to get your mechanicals. And our process is separate from theirs. So in order to become a member of ASCAP, you've got to contact ASCAP. To become a member of the MLC, you've got to go to our website. And if you do go to our website, um, www.themlc.com, the top right-hand side of the screen, there's a blue button. It says connect to collect. You click that and you can start and complete the membership process right online from our website. It's that easy. Fantastic. Our listeners may also own their master and that's a separate set of royalties. Yes. So here's another question. Say, say a writer has a publishing deal. Um, is their publisher going to collect this or do they still need to do it themselves? So you, you touched on two really great things I'd love to unpack. Um, I'll do the second one first. <clears throat> Unlike the PROs, ASCAP, BMI, CSEC, and GMR, mechanical royalties are not split into writer shares and publisher shares. The performing royalties are, which is why as a writer, even if you're signed to a publisher, you should still be affiliated with a PRO because half of the money that the PRO right. collects, they pay directly to you as the songwriter. Correct. And then the other half, if you have a publisher, they will pay to your publisher. If you're self-administered, they will actually pay both shares to you if you set your registration up correct because you are acting as your own publisher. Right. Mechanicals don't work that way. So on the mechanical side, if you are signed to a publisher, and they have the right to collect royalties for all of the songs you've written that are now available on a digital audio service, then you don't need to become a member of the MLC because they are essentially doing all that for you. You have hired them to collect those monies on your behalf. Now, the one caveat to that, and you no doubt know this, Chris, because you've been writing songs um, as long as I've been in the business and you've written amazing songs. I have to say I'm a huge fan of a few of those. Um, when I realized it was you, um, you may have gone through a number of different publishing deals in your career. And there may be periods of time where you were not attached to any publisher. So some of the songs that you've written that are out there in the world and available, you self-administer. We see that a lot. If you are self-administered, even for a few songs, you can become a member of the MLC, and then you can sign up to get paid the royalties for those songs that you self-administer. And then for the songs that go through a publisher, 
they will collect the royalties for those published songs and they'll continue to pay you royalties however they do under your pub deal. So for many writers, it's not either or, it may be both. And it just depends on how they've set things up for each song that they've written that is now available on those services. Fantastic. So most of the, or all the big publishers, well, probably most publishers are signed up with you, right? I am reasonably confident that every publisher of note, large or small, is now affiliated with the MLC. Because for them, Chris, they have to write. This is their two main responsibilities are to help cultivate the creative output of their writers and then to collect the money. So if a publisher is not signed up with the MLC, they're literally leaving that U.S. digital audio mechanical uh, royalty revenue stream on the table. And um, they would not keep their writers very long if they weren't doing that. So, yeah. But that said, we always encourage writers, check with your publisher um, because it can't hurt to check. And what, again, happens sometimes is writers may not realize that they have a handful of songs that are not covered by a publishing deal. Now, they may not be the biggest hit songs in in their catalog, but bottom line is if those songs are hanging out there and your publisher isn't collecting for them, that may be, you know, that's money that you're owed and we want you to be connected to all of it. So having a conversation with your publisher or your administrator is a really good first step. And it's actually one of the first steps we've been recommending songwriters take since last year when we started talking about the MLC. If you're not sure how it's set up, but you know you've had a publisher at some point, call them and ask them, hey, how are things set up? Another alternative, if you have a lawyer or a business manager, call them and, and, and go over with them the deals you've done and what those cover. You should be able to know every song with every song you've written, whether you're responsible for yourself or if you've assigned that responsibility to a partner, like a publisher or an administrator. And that's really the first step toward making sure you're getting paid properly. Yeah. Theoretically, one would know all of that Uh, Well, if you've written hundreds of songs like you have, right, it's it's easy to lose track of a couple here and there. That's that's what I'm I'm reaching in my mind. Like, yeah, I was on my own for three years there. But let's talk about this, because you're talking about a mechanical in the streaming world. And let's back up. Mechanical started as well. When I got here, it was CDs. Right. So so the label stop me when I'm wrong, but the label paid a per song mechanical rate to whoever owned the copyright of the song. And that goes back to records. And before, I believe it was 1906 when the law was written, and it actually is called a mechanical because it was a piano roll, right? 1909, you were within three years. But yes, um, the the whole concept of mechanical dates back to uh, the time when music was reproduced on player piano rolls, rolls of paper that were fed into pianos that essentially read the grooves or the, the the little you know pieces that were cut out of that piece of paper. And that's what told the piano to hit the note. And, and someone would sit on the side of the piano and literally spin that roll through the piano mechanism and it would mechanically um, play the music. So yeah. um, it seems crazy now because there's very little about digital distribution that is mechanical in the traditional sense. Um, but, um, but that's why the term is what it is. And again, it's, it's amazing to think that this concept dates back more than a hundred years and is still, you know, not only important, but again, it drives a major revenue stream for songwriters, um, in our industry today. So before all the digital streaming world, I thought it was around nine cents per song, 
to the to the song whoever whoever owned the song now you've got co-writers could split and everyone had a publisher so the split splits get smaller but how does harry fox work in all this they were the organization that originally paid the mechanicals on cds is that right well, um, I don't know. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, no, a little bit. So going back to the records, you're exactly right. For for decades, the the only way that music was distributed to consumers um, other than via the radio was um, on records. Records are physical objects that you buy. And the mechanical rate was set based on the 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 price per copy. So each time uh, a record company printed a, a, a vinyl LP um, that contained a recording of one of your songs, you got the statutory rate or some other rate that you negotiated with the record company for that copy. And the statutory rate currently is, and I think for about 20 years now has been 9.1 cents. Back, you know, 80 years ago or so, whatever, it started around two cents and it's went up very modestly over many, many years. Um, the, the streaming um, world changed that a bit <clears throat> because um, streaming is based on a different model. Instead of selling something um, like a record, vinyl or CD, where you pay 10, 15, 20 bucks and you own it forever, in a streaming world, you actually pay to access the service. And then while you have that subscription, you can listen or play any song that's on the service, but you effectively pay um, for unlimited plays during the month you are subscribing. And then the services, the streaming services, essentially take all of the subscription money and if they have ad um, supported services, the ad um, uh, revenue, and, um, and through a series of formulas, they calculate a royalty pool and each month that pool is allocated or divided up among all the plays. And, and that produces a per play rate. So for any of your songs for you know, this month, you will get a certain amount of money. It's a fraction of a penny each much, time your song us, is played. Give us, give us an idea. I've always been, I'm so glad to have you on because this is stuff that gets talked about in the writer's room and you hear the craziest stuff, you know, about, and you know, like what it is and what, and I, I, realize, I, I realize you're saying it changes every month depending on, the royalty pool and the and the ratios they're using but like say this month or a typical month what is it this this mechanical rate per song again it well i'll say two things it's it's hard to say you know uh, there's one single thing because the 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 formulas can produce different per play rates each month on on a single service and those rates can be different from service to service and then within a service there can be different types of offerings like you might you might pay for an annual subscription or a monthly subscription right. and it can be different or you might have different types of access. So um, again, there's no like single, it's not as simple as saying it's instead of 9.1, it's this, but it is generally, um, you know, in the range of 0. 0.00 something. So again, it's a fraction of a penny, which again is really tiny relative to the 9.1 cents. But the difference is when you buy that record, you buy it once and that's the only money that you will ever make. So if I bought, you know, Lone Star's album that contains Amaze, which is a big song for you and a really big song in my life, I pay for that album once. You get your share of 9.1 cents. I listen to that record for the rest of my life. 
um, as long as I don't sit on the vinyl or the CD melts in the car and you never get paid again in the streaming world. If I put that song on my, you know, Friday playlist or Saturday morning jog list every Saturday, when that song comes up and I listen to it, you get a per play amount for my play and every other person who plays it for as long as I play it. So that's a little bit of money for the next however long I'm I'm alive and playing music. So it's a very different model. Um, And of course, you know, that's why you see the stream counts for some of the big hits can be in the, you know, tens, if not hundreds of millions, even, you know, billions of plays. So it's a a lot of little, um, or it can be a lot of little, but, but I think the important thing is um, to know that the royalty pool itself is a fixed, not a fixed amount, but it is, it is calculated by a formula that is set by the Copyright Royalty Board group of judges in Washington. And um, and that's a pretty straightforward process. We calculate that royalty pool based on the data the digital services give us. We then tell them, this is how much in royalties you owe. So we basically invoice every digital service that now operates under the blanket license for the full amount of that royalty pool. And we get all the usage data that tells us how many songs were streamed on that service. So for us, while the numbers are big and really small, the math is fairly straightforward. And um, each month we do that calculation. And each month, if you're a member of the MLC, you can see the rate sheet for each service that pays royalties in our portal. And that will tell you what that per play amount was. So if you want to know how much did I get last month each time Chris listened to Amazed on Spotify, you can go to that account if you're a self-administered songwriter. You can look at that rate sheet, and at the very bottom of it, it'll show you how much per play you received every time I or anyone else played that song. Fantastic. So do you guys pay monthly or quarterly, or how do you pay out? So we pay monthly, which is a is a bit of a shift, and... Um, we have already, since January, paid out five monthly distributions. Um, so what's nice about that is if you are getting paid by us directly, you're going to see royalties from us once a month. If you are receiving royalties through a publisher, um, it will depend on how frequently your publisher has agreed to pay you. So for many publishers, they might agree to account quarterly to their writers. What that means is they will get three payments from us and they will aggregate all of those when they put them together to prepare your quarterly statement, and you'll still get paid quarterly. So I always like to make that distinction, especially for a songwriter audience, because again, it depends on how, how you're connected to us. If you're a member and we're paying you directly for some of the songs, um, the songs that you self-administer, you'll receive a monthly payment from us. If you were the publisher, it'll depend on your publishing deal, but often those deals provide for quarterly accounting. Yeah. And Often, also, my, I think most of mine are twice a year. So some can be twice too. Yeah, yeah it runs the, the gamut. That's the publishing. The publishers, uh, BMI, ASCAP, CSAC. They well, CSAC's a little different, but BMI and ASCAP, the two big ones, they pay quarterly. But they're. You, it sounds like your service is pretty up to date. Even in ASCAP and BMI, you're you're getting a check maybe. If, say you had a hit song and it peaked in April, well, you may be Christmas before you get that money or yep. maybe even longer. Yep. It sounds like you guys are kind of a little more modern and you've got it up to date and you're getting paid off of what's happening pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, um, yes. In fact, I can tell you almost exactly how quickly we have a 75 day um, distribution cycle. So 
um, from the end of each month, the first day of the next month is day one. 75 days after that month ends, we send out royalties for any of the activity reported for that month. So as an example, January of this past of this year was the first year of the first month the digital services operating under the blanket license reported usage to us and paid us royalties. And the services have to pay us every month as well. So all of the uses of songs in January mm-hmm. that we were able to match to a, 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 I should say, all the uses of a sound recording that we were able to match to a song and then a match to a registered user, right? Because we might know it's your song, but you didn't register your share yet. Can't right. pay you in that case. But as long as we can make those connections, the royalties for those January uses, we paid out around April 15th. Wow. And every month thereafter, it's been the same thing. My hope is over time, we might shorten that period. That's fantastic. What about when someone joins and has a large or, you know, many years of catalog, uh, are, is there, is it retroactive at all? Or do you start making money? You know, you, you probably get the question. Yeah, no, it's a great question. There, there are two parts to the answer. So the blanket license um, went into effect January 1st of this year. Before that, um, and this gets back to your question about HFA a bit, um, digital services were responsible for administering these royalties directly with rights holders. Many of them did that by hiring companies like Harry Fox or Music Reports. Mm -hmm. So a lot of songwriters may be familiar with those two companies. And in the past, we're getting checks from both of them. That's because some digital services hired Harry Fox, others hired Music Reports. And if your music was available on all the major services, then you needed to be dealing with both companies because you needed to get paid by all the services they they, they represented. Um, So... Up until December 31st, the royalties could still have been flowing through those companies. But another feature of the MMA said that for digital services that were not able to figure out who to pay up until December 31st, if they had accrued any unmatched royalties, historical unmatched royalties, they had a one-time chance to pay those royalties over to the MLC by February 15th of this year. And if they did that and they fulfilled some other requirements like giving us certain data, then they would effectively have a defense under the law to anyone who came after them later and said, you didn't pay me three years ago, five years years ago, whatever it was. So it was, it was a bit of, um, it was like a bit of forgiveness if they handed the money over. And the theory was if they give the money to the MLC, because the MLC is a nonprofit, because we don't take an admin fee, we pay through 100% of the royalties, and our sole job is to find the right people to pay, we would do a better job finding those missing people or those missing matches than they were doing. So 20 DSPs did that in February. They paid over to us a total of more than $424 million. Lordy. And some of that royal, those royalties date back as far as 2008. Wow. So there was, there was a lot of change in the couch. Wow. So do you, are you maintaining what they used to call a black box? Are you holding these until people register or are you letting people know they might have them? How does that work? So that was the black box in this case, and it is now with us. Um, We are holding it right now because we, at the same time that we received that activity, um, we also started receiving the blanket activity and some of the data that the DSPs had to give us, they didn't have to give us till earlier this summer. 
So we got the money really quickly and we have that now in, in accounts where it will accrue interest so that when we do pay it out, we'll pay it out with interest, a modest amount, but it's still interest. Um, but in the meantime, we've essentially built the whole administration process, starting with the blanket monies. And the tricky part for the historic data is that it goes back a long time, <clears throat> the data varies, and then the rates themselves vary as well. Um, the rates over time have not always been the same. We're in the third rate um, period since the whole streaming system was set up, and the publishers and services are actually negotiating the fourth set of rates right now. So depending on how far back you go, the rates will be different. So ultimately paying that out is going to take a minute. It's a little more complicated, but the visibility should happen by the end of this year, if not sooner. And, um, and in that way, everyone can look, right? One of the real, I think, hallmarks of the MMA was, was creating greater transparency for um, everyone involved in this part of the business. And um, even that data today is fully visible now. If you went to our website, again, www.mlc.com, um, top right side, there are actually three buttons. The first one is a yellow button and it says public search. And if you click on that button, you'll be taken to a search window where you can put in your name or uh, any other writer's name and instantly see the data we have for any song in the database. And there are now more than 20 million songs. Um, if, if the database shows, if that search shows that the total shares claimed is less than 100%, that means that someone hasn't registered a portion of that song. And that means we're holding money for it. So it's really easy. Go look up a song. And if it says 100%, all the writers are good. If it's less than 100%, that means that someone hasn't registered their share. They're missing money. If you don't find the song, it's not in the database we don't have a way to pay you. So then there's definitely money waiting for you. So right now you can do that and, um, and you can see exactly what your, your song data looks like. Is it all perfect? Are there problems with it? Um, but that's something that wasn't as visible before the MLC and the MMA. And now every single songwriter in the world can do that. And it doesn't matter if you're published or not. The, the, the public lookup is available to anybody. And it's the exact same data that you would see if you were self-administered and you did that search of your catalog in the portal. It's the same stuff. Wow. So yeah, that's amazing. We've never had anything like that. That's amazing. Um, so, and let's, let's back up one. I just want to say one thing because this is a good time to say it. It doesn't cost anything to sign up with your. No. 100% free. So, I mean, that's crazy talk. Everyone listening who's been doing this for a while. And I know a lot of songwriters do listen. You, you need to go, um, don't crash their server. Well, do crash it. Go sign up. Go, go, go. You got to sign up because there is no excuse or reason to not go in there. I'm going to, as soon as we're done talking, I'm going to go look. We could do it now real time. You can go on there and put in your name and, um, and you can see a whole bunch of your songs, but yes, all of this is free because the MMA requires the digital services to pay all of the MLC's operating costs in addition to the royalties that they owe. And that makes us unique among these types of organizations around the world. We're not aware of another organization that is funded um, by the services that benefit from the license. Most services are funded by an administration fee that the organization takes out of the royalty pool. So they may you know, collect however many millions of dollars in royalties and they deduct five, 10%, whatever it is, they use that to pay their expenses and then they distribute the rest of the members. 
for the MLC, 100% of the royalties go to you. The digital services separately pay for everything. On top of that, Chris, and this is something I'm really proud about, we have a really large support team, more than 20 MLC employees. They're available right now 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and they essentially provide one-on-one support to anybody who calls. So if you're a songwriter and you're not sure, like you know at some point you had a publishing deal, you're not sure if you still have a publishing deal, you're pretty sure you have some self-administered works, you can give us a call and we can talk through the specifics with you in much more detail and try to help you figure out whether you are self-administered or not. Um, We can help you look at your data. Um, If you are self-administered, we can help you get registered. We'll walk you through everything we do one-on-one. And um, we've been responding to upwards of 2,000, sometimes as many as 3,000 of those contacts every month since January and before. Um, you can reach us by phone, by email, or in the portal if you're already a member by chat. And um, we really pride ourselves on, on answering the phones, answering the emails, and, and trying to be there to answer the questions you have. Because you know, as you said at the opening, this is all really complicated. And um, you know, as someone who has been a musician and 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 written a few songs as an amateur. Um, I get it. You know, when you do this for a living, you're making music. You're doing something magical. The business is very different from the thing you do every day when you write songs. And um, and we don't want you to have to go to business school or law school to figure it out. But we do want you to know more about it than you may. So we're looking to help fill that gap and help you understand how this works. And then even if you decide I'm going to have a publisher or an administrator do all this for me, because that's a really smart choice for a lot of people, right? If you're, you know, if you've written the number of hits that you've written, Chris, like you want to keep writing and uh, you want to have someone do this stuff for you, um, you'll understand what they're doing, right? And anytime you hire anybody to work for you, you're always in a better position if you understand what it is they're doing. Sure. You're in a much worse position. You're like, uh, I don't really understand how this works, but tell me the answer, right? Because right. then it's who knows what's happening. Yeah. So we've talked about you've got a publishing deal, you've had a publishing deal. Probably even more important, we have a lot of younger people that are making their own records on their laptops and, and you know, some of them very successfully uploading onto the digital platforms, right? Does DistroKid and these services have a deal with you? It it depends. So let's let's back up to the the, the starting point of this because it's so important. Um you're right. You know, I'm old enough that when I played music as a teenager, the only place any recording I made was the cassette player in my car right. because I didn't have access to Tower Records or Virgin Records or, you know, a local record store. Um, my records didn't go anywhere. But today, that same 18 year old kid can write and record their own music on a laptop using cutting edge technology and they can produce a recording that can go on, you know, every radio station in the country tomorrow, and it can be up digitally on every major digital service globally. So the fact that you can have access to the global distribution chain like that as a kid is is extraordinary. It's mind blowing. It is. But, but what it means is, again, you've got to understand even then how the business works, because if you don't, you're leaving money on the table. So. Um, So the way, and there's something on our website that's very helpful. If you go on our website, there's a resources section. We have a chart um, that um, shows visually how the digital royalties landscape works. And basically what it shows you visually is that there are two big royalty streams for writers, the performance royalties and the mechanicals. And then there are two big royalty streams for performers who own their own sound recordings. 
the, and they are performance and for lack of a better word, like mechanicals on the sound recording side, it's the reproduction. But that's what a mechanical is. It's really the right to reproduce that song um, when you distribute it. So think performance and reproduction. There are both sets of rights on both sides, the sound recording and the song in the digital space. So if you're that kid and you've written and now performed your song and you put it up on Spotify, there are four different ways you can get paid. So you've got to sign up with a PRO, like ASCAP, BMI, CSEC, or GMR to get your performing royalties. You need to be connected with us. And on the assumption that you don't need to have a publishing deal, you want to become a member of the MLC because you're self-administered. That's two. You want to make sure you're getting the distribution royalties from whichever service you've signed up for. And then you want to sign up with SoundExchange because SoundExchange administers the performance royalties for sound recording owners and performers. So there are four different ways that that 18-year-old kid can get paid today. Now, you asked about some of the services like DistroKid or TuneCore, and that's a great question because some of them are now starting to offer additional services where they will collect some of those other revenue streams for you. When they all started out, I think most of them started by saying, we'll get your sound recording up on Spotify and we'll pay you the the reproduction um, fee that those services pay, essentially the same money that the record company would get. But now today, some of them are also offering publishing admin services, which essentially means they become members of the MLC, just like a publisher or or another administrator would, and they'll collect your mechanicals. And some of them may also um, offer to collect your sound exchange monies or even your PRO monies. Again, you got to look at your deal and your service. So every one of them may have a different way of doing it. A lot of them offer multiple options. So like mm-hmm. CD Baby is a great example. You can sign up for distribution only through CD Baby, or you can sign up for distribution plus publishing and some other services through CD Baby Pro. And you need to know which you've picked in order to know whether you need to become a member of ours or not. Okay, that's great. So when you're putting your first record or songs or tracks up, you need to make sure you sign up with Sound Exchange. Choose a PRO. And that's ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, or Global Rights Management. And then the MLC.com. Yep. And then look at whatever services you use uh, to get your material up on all the platforms. That's going to pay you the last quarter of these. Yes. Okay, yes, cool. exactly. And then does MLC cover all streaming platforms? So right now, there are, um, I think, somewhere around 45, 47 services that are um, are operating or are planning to operate under the blanket license. And you know what's great about that, aside from the fact that it's 40 GSPs, is when you get your statement from us, you're going to get one statement, one Excel file with all the detail for all of your songs across all 40 of those services. So you don't have to now put together the pieces. You get it all together and you can easily compare and see, okay, how much did I make this month on Spotify for that song versus Apple versus Amazon versus, you know, whatever other services, choral tracks. And um, that's a really interesting and I think helpful thing for rights holders. Um, They don't have to assemble the pieces anymore. Before you were probably looking into seeing like, how much did I get this month? And if the number was, you know, generally in the neighborhood, you're like, I guess it's okay which, you know, is a first step. It's a good first step, but you really want to know, right? I mean, you would want to know if you weren't sure, getting paid on a big sure. hit from Spotify for some reason. It's it's all there and um, you can dig in as much or as little as you want. 
Fantastic. Do you envision that the uh, royalties will go up over time in, in the streaming world? Or do you think it's something that's kind of found its level now? Well, I think there, there, there are two things I can say there. The rates themselves um, are negotiated every you know three, four years by the services and the rights holder organizations. We're not allowed by law to be involved in that. So I, I won't comment there other than to say, um, you know, there those negotiations happen and and certainly in the past the rates have improved over time. Um, but but what I think uh, the MLC will do is it will slowly um, but steadily diminish the amount of activity that doesn't get through. So one way to think about the MLC is we're like the pipes in your house and water goes in and when you turn on the faucet you you expect water to come out. Mm-hmm. Now. In, in the best case scenario, all the water that goes in comes out at the tap and none of it you know, leaks in your walls or in the ceiling or in the basement because the pipes were leaking. Um, and it's the same way for us, right? If, if we can get the data um, uh, supplemented, get more people registered, we can make more connections and minimize the amount of money that doesn't get matched. And that means that all the people that are set up to us will get 100% of what they're due. So. Um, I think as people look at the data for the first time, and we certainly see this, they're realizing, oh, gosh, I didn't register that share of that song. You know, and, you know, now they can fix that. And every time they fix something, they're potentially um, getting a little more money, a little more water out of the tap and a little more water out of the tap. Whereas before that money was getting stuck, it was going in that black box and they may never have gotten that at all. So I think we're going to we're going to minimize the leaks. Um, get more and more people set up and hopefully, you know, as many people as possible um, receiving 100% of their royalties. Then if there is leftover money that we can't match, you know, years from now, um, the, the law also has a mechanism where we would distribute that remaining money to all the people we have paid. Mm-hmm. So for you, if you are set up and you're getting paid 100% of your royalties, you'll get 100% plus some share of that remaining amount essentially your pro rata share. It's like a little bonus. Now, again, ideally that bonus will never happen because the bonus is really money that some other songwriter didn't collect because they didn't register. And I think we would all agree this would be better if everyone got 100% of what they do. But um, if that doesn't happen, then the remaining money will still get distributed. So we don't sit on that forever. We don't put that into a bonus pool. We don't spend that on initiatives that may or may not be worthy. All the money we come that we collect that is royalties ultimately goes out to a rights holder, period. That's awesome. Well, tell us, is there anything else that we have not covered, Chris, that you think is important? Tell me that. Well, I'll go back to something I said, you know, I've worked in the business um, for a long time and I I started as a lawyer. I've worked in the business side for a long time. Um, The business is complicated for me and I I spent a lot of time going to school and learning about and working in this. Um, None of this is intuitive. And again, for most people, this is not what they do. You know, we've done CLE uh, uh, webinars, um, they call them continuing legal education programs, for lawyers, and we've had lawyers ask questions like, does this replace ASCAP? And it doesn't, right? We do not replace ASCAP. So I think for many, many people, a lot of this has been um, unfamiliar. And um, and so I just 
I would encourage people, you know, don't be afraid to ask a question that you feel is silly or stupid. Um, doesn't matter how successful you've been. Like you're entitled to know exactly how this works, and um, and you should ask questions. And if you if you call us, we will answer every question you have um, as honestly and as clearly as we can. We have a lot of information on our website that's intended to help people understand how all of this works. And um, we do a lot of webinars, um, and hopefully someday we'll get back to the world and we will do in-person events. But you know, we did in this last year, we did. I think almost 250 webinars, and um, we had well over 20,000 people attend. Um, the other thing, um, again, uh, go to our website, follow us on social media. Um, we we try to put information out in a lot of different ways, and um, and there are lots of ways you can get that information. So pick one, um, but get connected with us. Yeah, and it's completely. There's no Absolutely. reason not to go look. Yep. You know, it's, this is one of those great moments. It's not like Google where, you know, it's like, don't Google yourself. That's ridiculous. You should look yourself up on the MLC database. If you're a writer, see what we've got. And, um, you know, you will see something that's not right. That's, that's okay. That's to be expected. This is 30, 40 years of data that was not managed as well as it could have been and was not nearly as visible as it is today. So don't be afraid. Don't, you know, lose your mind if you see that things aren't right know that you can now fix it. You can do something about it. That's what transparency is. It gives you the visibility to see what's right and to see what's wrong so you can fix it. Yep. And if you're just starting out, you can get all this straightened out and you don't have to worry about it. Because Imagine the first publishing deal yeah. you do when it's like, hey, I've written 20 songs. They're all fully registered in the MLC. Right. The data's perfect. You're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, this is Chris Arend. And your company is called MLC uh, Mechanical Licensing Collective. That's going to be themlc.com. Chris, this has been a really great hour, man. I think uh, it's been a while, but I really think this is going to help people. I, I feel like I've learned a lot. I mean, I've been doing this for a while, man. I really learned a lot of stuff today. So we really appreciate you being on the show, man. That's really. awesome. And we may get a lot of questions from this. So if we do, maybe if we could reserve you later down the road to do another small segment, if we get a bunch of questions. Anytime, and, you okay. name it, I'll be there. Like I said, we do something like this every day. Um, I just hope we can do it in person one day. And, you know, we could uh, we could record record it in our office. You could do a little on location thing, but- I um, love it. Yeah, yeah, but you you name the time, I'd love to come back. And um, and if you want to feed some questions to us offline so you can share them back with your listeners, um, we can do that too. But um, but thank you, Chris. Your interest um, is extraordinary. And um, yeah, you're helping us. You're helping us fulfill our mission, which is to serve you. And, um, and that's our honor, our privilege. And um, so I appreciate it. Fantastic. Everybody listening, get on that website. Get in there, search your songs. If you're just starting out, join up. It's free list your material and then you'll know that uh you'll have a way to keep track of everything you're doing and get paid and get paid thanks a lot <laughs> hey thanks chris really enjoyed it man thank you thanks chris thanks for listening to this episode of pitch list produced in partnership with the american songwriter podcast network if you enjoyed today's show please subscribe to us on apple podcast or your preferred listening platform and if you want feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. For exclusive content from this week's guest and more, 
you can visit our website at pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. To hear songs written and or recorded by today's guest, check out this week's playlist by finding us on Spotify at Pitch List Podcast. Plus, don't forget to let us know on social media what songwriter, musician, or music business professional you want to hear from next. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll be right back. 